0: Now,
1: InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting.
0: It's it time to rethink and redesign the city streets of America to make them more practical and user-friendly? To answer the question, we welcome to InfoTrack the authors of Street Fight, Handbook for an Urban Revolution. And they are Jeanette Sadek-Khan and Seth Solomonow. Jeanette, you were New York City Transportation Commissioner in the Bloomberg Administration, And you implemented some of the ideas you're talking about here in New York City. Tell us about that.
1: Well, we laid down 400 miles of on-street bike lanes, created about 60 pedestrian plazas, launched seven rapid bus routes, and the largest bike share system, In the country. So it was a lot of transformation that happened in a short period of time and actually didn't cost a lot of money.
0: Did you have to cut through a lot of bureaucracy to get that done? I would imagine there was some resistance to these ideas.
1: Well, certainly everybody is very attached to the status quo. And when you change the status quo, the status quo tends to push back pretty hard. And, you know, when you change a street, you take on a fight with people who naturally like it the way it is. And so it certainly required not just a new design vocabulary for the street, you know, the bike lanes and the plazas and the bus lanes, but it also required a new vocabulary for people to talk about these changes. And New Yorkers are now very fluent in the language of bike lanes and plazas and bike share and traffic calming in a way that they weren't before. So I think as much as we've seen a change on the street, as important is to see the culture change for people.
0: What were some of the uh, signs you saw that told you that things could be improved? Perhaps road signs, so to speak, that told you that things weren't as good as they could be?
1: I think one of the most striking moments for me was I used to commute to work on the back of my husband's bike and we'd ride down these streets and they were covered in potholes and it was very dangerous. I thought, wow, we could do such a better job. We were really focused on, you know, the maintenance of our streets and the idea of plazas or bike share or anything like that was certainly not on the agenda, but it was on the horizon to implement a different program and a different way of carving out the space on our streets.
0: What were the impressions of these changes if any from retailers or you know store owners on these city streets?
2: When we first put down some of these projects, I think there was a period of adjustment where people were kind of scratching their heads wondering, you know, how does this work? And there was some concern from some of the retailers on the streets adjacent to the bike lanes that, you know, maybe people couldn't park there or that it would make it more difficult to get deliveries. But after the adjustment period, people really took to the changes and it really helped the whole overall function of the street. A lot of these designs actually helped retain parking, we were able to create new parking opportunities on some of the side streets, but even more importantly, the street opened up for people who are walking, it opened up for people who are biking, it made it easier for people to get up and down the street by bus. This at first seemed kind of anecdotal, but when we looked at the cash register receipts and the tax receipts from these businesses that were you know, filed with the city, we found that these were actually really good for business. Better streets being better businesses, people have better access and is actually a big return on the whole neighborhood. It's actually an investment in the economic well-being of a street.
1: Every city is different and has its strengths and weaknesses. You can actually use your local advantages, what makes your city unique, and leverage that to greater effect. And so it doesn't matter the size of the city, it doesn't matter the demographics of the city, but you can actually change your streets to make them work better There have been really interesting examples of transformations around the world. Medellin in Colombia, which was mostly famous for you know, the drug cartel and Pablo Escobar, has become this center of urban innovation with cable cars that they have connecting communities to the favelas in the hills. And the work that they've done just using something as simple and pedestrian as escalators and using them new ways to get people to move around a city. And the change in the social fabric there has been profound. Los Angeles now, really a car-centric capital of the United States, is building protected bike lanes, is building a bus rapid transit network, dramatically expanding its transit systems and creating livable, walkable, great streets programs in downtown. So really, I think you're seeing a new road order out there from cities, not only in this country, but around the world.
0: One of the chapters in your book, Fatalities, Deaths Caused by, I guess, poor design of cities. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, one of the tragedies is our streets have really been designed to move cars as fast as possible from point A to point B, and it's left all of the rest of the ways that a street is used by the side of the road. I mean, our streets are actually sick. and in, in the U.S., we spent the last century building our cities around the car, but... We really damaged our cities in the process, and we're getting diminishing returns on the investment. You know about the congestion, but we've got 33,000 traffic deaths a year on U.S. streets. You know, if this was any other field, this would be a catastrophe, and it's a public health crisis. It's right up there with gun violence. But people tend to look at it like, oh, well, that's just the price of doing business in the big city, and that's not true, and it doesn't have to be that way, and we can redesign our streets so that they are safer for everybody, whether you're walking or you're biking, you're on transit. And we absolutely have to do that, because we need to have a new democracy for our streets that goes beyond the highway hypnosis that's really ruled the road for far too long.
0: What can listeners do if they want to see some of these positive changes happen in their cities?
2: I think it's really important that people who live in cities start to demand these kinds of changes because I think a lot of public officials might assume that they're not wanted or needed, but I think we're finding actually a lot of the best ideas are actually coming from the public themselves. There's plenty of examples of a lot of these ideas coming through at community meetings, but the demand really needs to be heard, and also I think government has a big role in fostering this kind of exchange. We established a lot of programs where people could apply for certain types of street redesigns. So we wouldn't go out and ask them, do you want this? We would say, here's something we can offer, and communities could opt in. So we could use this kind of procedure to create neighborhood slow zones or to install bike racks or to find locations for installing a bike share. This really turned the dynamic on its head, and it really empowered neighborhoods to think differently about their streets instead of the government just saying no, to say, here's what you can say yes to. Here are many different options for the streets that you want to be able to see. And I think that created a really productive relationship between the city and the officials.
0: What about public transit, buses, subways? How do those fit in with this kind of thinking of changing the designs?
1: transit is the backbone of most cities. Everything is tied to our public transportation system. Even the price of a piece of pizza is tied, not officially, of course, but tied to the cost of a subway ride. And the transit strategies that we pursued in New York City were about actually using our streets as the red carpet for buses. And so, Really, people looked at buses as a joke. They were not seen as very sexy. Buses are about as sexy as Amish dresses, and nobody really likes to focus on them. They've really been a stepchild in the transportation network. But what we did was it didn't take a lot of time and it didn't take a lot of money. Unlike many transit capital projects, we could literally build in new forms of mobility right into the streets just by striping in a rapid bus line and making it easier for people to get on and off the bus, pay before they get there, change our traffic signal so that they prioritize the bus, gave it the green signal longer, and it had a huge impact.
0: Well, that idea and many, many more are in the book Street Fight, Handbook for an Urban Revolution. Jeanette Sadek Khan and Seth Solomonow, the authors. We want to thank you so much for joining us today on InfoTrack.
1: Thanks, Chris. Thank you. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.